One's from the trailer park, one's from the farm. Rings on their fingers, no babies on their arms. Taking life with a grain of salt and lime. Living, loving, laughing, we're having a good time. Nothing too deep won't tell you how to vote. Two stand-up comics with stories from the road. We're cutting up, really. All right, we got a hot podcast coming up for you. We got the year in review, our year 2018. And then Hannah and I will discuss uh, good gigs versus bad gigs and why you should have as many bookers as possible. My name is Dusty Slay. I'm Hannah Hogan. This is the We're We're Having Having a a Good Good Time Time Podcast. That's fun. Yeah. That's fun. So here we are back in studio. Well, let's jump right into the where we've been, where we're going. Where we've been, where we're going. Where they going. Where they been. Where they going. Where, where they been. Where we're going, where we've been. Where we've been, we just got back from the beautiful great white north of Canada. Oh, Canada, our home and native land, true patriot love, with all our sons command. All right. That's just just a sample. Very beautiful. That's Um, just a sample. Well, we went to Canada uh, last week. We went up on a Thursday. 13-hour drive. We stopped in Toronto and had uh, uh, food at our favorite spot. We won't say yet because that's going to be our food on the road segment. Oh, yeah. But we had some food with uh, Hannah's brother, Jake, and uh, we had a good time. Blood brother. Blood brother, yes. Not just like, you know, my brother. Yeah, blood brother. And it was not snowing. It didn't snow at all in the beginning. It uh, only rained. It rained on us the entire way. It took us about 14 or 15 hours to get all the way on up to Peterborough, Ontario. Yeah. Where we would spend the next four or five days uh, with Hannah's family. Uh, we had a great time. Her dad, uh, Ray <laughs> Hogan, yeah, and his girlfriend, Mary Pat, they lived together. Uh, in sin, and uh, and uh, they do live together, and, and they uh, do live together in sin. Yes, we have. They have a very nice. I mean, we're part of the same family pool. You know what I mean? I know they're hustling up together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mary Pat has a very nice home, and like her house. Like for me, growing up, I would have been like, "Whoa, this lady is rich." You know what I mean? I still think she's rich, but as a kid, I would have been like, "Dang, she's rich." I would have been like that too because. Uh, growing up, uh, that was definitely the rich neighborhood. Yeah, I mean, she has a two-story house, but with a full basement. The basement has many, many compartments. I discovered new rooms in the basement just on this trip. Yeah, I discovered on this trip that uh, an aphrodisiac for Dusty is a good-looking basement, I'll tell you that. That's right. I love a basement. That's what I want when I buy a house. I want a basement. I like it. I never had a basement growing up. You don't get a lot of basements and trailers. And, And even though they told you that they had a bat in their basement... 
It didn't deter you. Well, I'm not worried about bats. You're still into the basement. My, my mom used to live in a trailer, but now she lives in a log cabin home, and we've had many bats in there. Uh, I actually shot a bat with a BB gun one time. It landed at the top of the thing, and we needed to get it out of there, so we didn't know what to do. So I took aim, and I shot it. You hit it? Yeah, and I killed it. Whoa. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I'm a, ch- I'm a shooter. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. I didn't yeah. know that. Not, in, not while it was flying. That would be impossible. That would be really incredible if I shot a flying bat with a BB gun. Yeah, I mean, did you just shoot the bat when it was sleeping during the daytime? No, it was it was nighttime, but it was it wasn't sleeping. Okay. I mean, we had to get it. I didn't want to do it, but we had to. Okay. And uh, and then the next time we had a bat, we called the fire department. They came and got it. Wow, what a waste of a fire department call. Yeah. But you know what? Some of those guys are just volunteer firefighters. They're just hoping someone will call. Well, some of them are just even if they're not volunteer, they're just hanging out. Yeah. Waiting on somebody. They're like, "Yeah, let's go do let's go get this bat." Yeah, they're like, "I want to slide down a pole." Yeah. Someone call me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, uh we got there. Uh, to Peterborough, and we hung out. And the the first day, we went around Peterborough and had a good time. We ate ate dinner with Mary Pat and your dad. And then the next day, uh, we got a massage. Oh yeah, okay, because it was my birthday. So my birthday is over the holidays, and um, um, Mary Pat and my dad gave me um, December twenty third is her birthday. Just de- in case I need to refer back to this podcast next year to remember. Yeah, December twenty third. Yeah, because you didn't give me a present, and I'm sure that you know you don't want that aired out on the air. But you know, my husband didn't get me a present, and that's twice now. That's two years that he didn't give me a present. So he owes me, and we've only been together four years. So, I mean, he's just kind of rolling the dice. So, you know, every year I just kind of like, oh, is my, does my husband love me this year? Does he or does he not? And this year he doesn't. Your life is a present. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, my husband didn't get me a present, but my father loves me. And so does his um, new lady. Oh, they've been together for a little your while. Your dad ought to get me a present on your birthday. Well, anyway. Well, he does. He does. He, he actually does, does, actually. Right. Let's be truthful. He's very nice. Yeah. Anyway, so we got a, so they called me up and they're like, okay, we're going to get you a massage in Peterborough. And I thought, oh, that'd be nice. But you know what? I'd love Dusty to get a massage too, because. I love getting rubbed down. He does love getting rubbed down. If Dusty has a love language, it is touch folks. So don't touch him because he's mine. (laughs) Um, But so, so I orchestrated. So we get a couple's massage and this is really nice. We go to this really fancy place called Euphoria, Euphoria in Peterborough. And you know what we went in, we derobed and me and him separately went to the men and women's saunas and steam rooms just to kind of get into the mood. I sat in a steam room, this steam room, this guy that was in there had it set on like 90. I went in there. I'd never been in a steam room, and I was in there. And you, you'd never been in a steam room so much so that afterwards you thought you were in a sauna. Well, I still don't really know <laughs> that I grasped the difference, but well, totally different. But the steam—it was so hot. The guy—I mean, I was like breathing in. I could feel the heat in my nostrils, and on my—I had to come out a couple of times. I kept cutting it down, turning it down, and man, I was sweating. Yeah, and I loved it. Yeah, so you were in the steam room, I did the sauna, and then we went out into the waiting room to just kind of wait for our... I have terrible complexion right now, and I had I had uh, acne on my face taking care of itself in the steam room, if you know what I mean. I came out of there and I was like, whoa, look at this. I mean, I was healing in the steam room. What he means is 
uh, zits popped on their own yeah. through the pressure of the steam. Yeah, it was hot. It's hot in there. Yeah, and I was very excited. I don't know what's happened to me. I have gray hair and acne at the same time. I'm like a... I'm trying to stay... You know, I'm trying to get into... Uh, reach the elderly crowd, but I'm also trying to appeal to the millennials. Well, I always say, you know, if Dusty's hair turned completely white, he would look like Santa Claus. Like a young Santa. Well, I'd well, be like an old Santa. Yeah, then. yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to old age with you because I think you're going you're gonna to be able to work part-time as a Santa in a mall. Yeah, I can't wait for that. Yeah, it's exciting for me. Yeah. And I, I guess that would make me Mrs. Claus, but I probably wouldn't be allowed into the toy shed because, well, we all know that my husband doesn't give me presents for that time of year because he forgets that it's his wife's birthday. Um, okay, so we're getting the massage. <laughs> okay, but so we're sitting in the in the waiting room waiting for these you know people to come massage us. And Dusty kind of w- – and I've never gotten a massage with Dusty before. I've never gotten really a couple's massage before. I've only know. had one massage that I paid for. Prior to this. Yeah. And so we kind of see some people moving back and forth, and it's a guy. And Dusty kind of leans over to me and says, well, if I get well, a man, I'm leaving. Yeah, I did say and that. And I thought, oh, right. Well, I did say that, but I could see what was happening. I saw this guy and this girl, and I thought, for sure, they're trying to team me up with this guy. And I'm like, you know, I'm not afraid of a man touching me. But we're in a room where soft music is playing, and there's oils involved. And I I don't want a man rubbing up on me that way. I mean, I don't think he's going to do anything. I'm not worried that he's going to be trying to jerk me off in there or anything. (laughs) But uh, I just, uh, I I don't know. I'd I'd rather a woman be rubbing me down. Right, right. So I did say, if we get, if it's a man and it's an issue, I'm not going to do it. So... But five seconds later, a man and a woman come into the reception room. The, the, the woman says, Hannah, come with me. And the man, Terry, says, Dusty, come with me. And then I intercede and I say, okay, because I'm just like, okay, this my American husband is just, he going to cause a scene and they're going to think that there's something, something going on here. So I said, in my Canadian language, I said, um, actually, um, Dusty would feel more comfortable getting massage from a woman. And immediately they were like, oh, sure, no problem, no problem. But then they started making jokes. Now, Terry <laughs> Terry was a very nice gentleman, but Terry was Indian, right? And I'm worried now. Indian from India. Right. And I'm worried now that because I have a southern accent and I'm in Canada, that they're going to think I got some weird thing about an Indian man touching me. And I'm like, no. It's it's that's what I thought it's, honestly. It's him being a man. Give me an Indian woman if you'd like, but uh, I don't. It's it. So they were like, the the lady was like, we like to think it's. She was trying to make jokes. She's like, we like to think it's because you'll like it too much. And I'm like, you know, whatever you want to think. And then I said, I think so too. <laughs> yeah, whatever you want to believe. Uh, I just would rather you know. So then and then we go into the room and she's like, he's going to be in the same room though. Is that okay? And I'm like, yeah, I don't mind hanging out with dudes. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It's not a matter of... In uh, fact, he was like, yeah, I actually really like it when a man rubs down on my wife in front of me. Yeah. And then know. we're like, we're actually in um, to some kinky stuff. So yeah, let's get this hour going, yeah. you know? Yeah. So, uh, but it, it worked out fine. Yeah. So then I ended up getting Terry. Terry ended up rubbing oils all over my body, but one foot away from my husband. Yeah, I mean it was fine. We had a great time. Yeah, and actually Terry got me a birthday present, so I was I was ready to switch up. And I also, 
you know, I don't want it to seem like that I'm I'm the kind of guy that's going in there trying to get a woman to touch me. You know, I'm like, give me the ugliest woman in the place. If yeah, you want. in fact, Dusty told that to me. Yeah, I'm like, I don't care. Give me the ugliest woman in the place, and I don't. You know, uh, it's not that. I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to. You know what I mean? I think if push comes to shove, I would also prefer a woman. Yeah. I think I'd also prefer a woman because... We all would. Note to self, if yeah. you're a man going to massage school, just do it so you can massage uh, girls after parties or something. But uh, Yeah, I mean, I he did a really good job. I mean, I was pretty relaxed and stuff like that. I think it's almost usually, at least when I... I haven't had a massage in a long time, but I usually get a woman. But I feel like... I feel like... I, I wouldn't mind know. a massage from a Chinese man in a mall, but... Uh, <laughs> You ever see those guys? Those where you just like lay, your body's like sitting like on that. Dude, it's like in the middle of the mall. Yeah. And you get a quick massage. Yeah, I'll take that. Uh-huh. I'll take, I don't care about that. If a, a dude wants to massage me with my shirt on and stuff, that don't bother me. But I'm getting in there. I'm naked in there. Yeah. And I'm, you know, I just, it's just not the, I'm not into that. Yeah. That the sure. weird thing is, is because my head was face down and Terry was giving me a massage and, and then so Dusty was getting a massage from this girl, and I heard, started to hear some flapping. Yeah. So yeah. I was like, well, it looks like Dusty doesn't mind getting a happy ending from a woman. Right. That is prejudicial. Well, of course I don't. You that know what I mean? That is prejudicial. Yeah. Um, but we had a wonderful couple's massage. <laughs> <laughs> we had a wonderful couple's massage. And I, I, I was actually very upset because as Terry was massaging me, I was, and I hadn't gotten a massage in years. I used to get massages all the time, but I hadn't gotten one in years, years, years. And so I said to Terry, I said, okay, so where's my stress, Terry? And he goes, oh, you don't have any. I'm like, I don't have any. He's like, no, you seem really, yeah, <laughs> really all, relaxed. And I was like, well, tell my mind that. Because... All your stress is in my back. Yeah. Okay, Dusty. Okay. That's a hack marriage joke, and I don't appreciate <laughs> it. But I, you know, in, in, in the converse, I told the woman, I was like, uh, yeah, I have a lot of pain in my lower back and in my hip from driving all the time. And she just, like, brushed it off. Like, she was like, oh, okay, yeah, we'll just do a general massage. And I was like, okay. And then she got down to my hip, and then she was really working it. And at the end, she's like, you had a lot of stress in your hips from driving. And I was like, yeah, I told you that, lady. Yeah. I told you that. Yeah. And she addressed it. She did. Yeah. But... So that was really nice euphoria in Peterborough, Ontario, if you happen to be up there in the Kawarthas. It was great. And yeah. if Terry, if you're tuning in, if Terry's tuning in, I love you, dude. Mm. I'd love to hang out with you. You love just, you love him platonically. Yeah, just with our shirts on. Yeah. And no oils in our hands. Yeah. And if Terry's listening, Terry, I'll be back without my husband. You know what I mean? All right. Okay, Terry. Okay. Okay. So uh, these are a couple things that we noticed on the drive up to Canada. Now, obviously, I'm from Canada, and I can't stress that enough. I am from Canada, and I did live there for about 30 years before I moved to America, but I didn't start driving in America, or I didn't start driving until recently, and so I don't really drive in Canada a lot, and I drive a lot in America. And so when we were driving up the first night, and we were on the uh, Canadian interstate going home, and it was raining, and the, it was just dangerous because what we noticed was at least on the 401 in Ontario, there's no reflectors on the Canadian highway. Yeah, it's dark on those roads. No reflectors at all. Yeah, Canada cares more about the environment than they do humans. It's crazy because when it's – and I, it just blows my mind that there's no reflectors. I don't, by the way. There's no reflectors on the high, and I just don't get it because 
I mean, a lot of the time there's snow on there, so the snow is going to be covering the reflectors anyways. Yeah, it's dark. But you couldn't even drive at all, and I just thought, what what is this country it was dark. up to? I had a lot of gas, and I was not feeling good. I was burping a lot. So that was one weird thing that we noticed. Like, and that seemed dangerous because Canada just seems to go over the top with rules and regulations. Yeah, they, You'd think they would have reflectors on the interstate highways. This is the thing they do in Canada. Uh, apparently, you're not allowed to, in the morning when you go crank up your car, you're not allowed to let your car idle for more than 10 minutes. Now, I don't really need my car to idle for longer than 10 minutes anyway, but it's cold up there. I mean, I'm back in Tennessee and you could basically wear a, a, a short sleeve shirt today. It's not that cold. But I was just in Canada, it was snowing by the end. Yeah, it, you need to let that car idle for a while. That idling rule is new because that definitely didn't exist when I was growing up, and I'm surprised because honestly, kind of Canada needs to idle a little bit because well, um, in the winter you you need to let your car warm up because yeah. it's frozen. Yeah, I so mean, it has to idle. Environmental stuff it's out of control, right? Like I don't want to be throwing straws and 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 six pack rings off in the ocean. But let me idle my car for a little while. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I honestly just love the smell of gas, so let me smell that sweet petroleum. Yeah. I mean, I don't like the smell of gas, and uh, but I still want to let my car... I drank gas one time. I don't know if you know that. So I don't... I never liked the smell after that. I did know you drank gas. It's terrible. Yeah. Um, it I huffed good, it before, though. too. It smells good, though. Fun. Yeah, so Canada's got some weird rules. Oh, this other thing we wrote, we wrote down... Uh, I was drinking a little bit over the holidays, having some seasonal drinks. Dusty doesn't drink, uh, but I do drink, and I had a classic Canadian beverage. Just in case you've never listened, I'm not one of those weird people that's never drank before. I drank a lot, and then I quit. Yeah, and uh, I drank a lot, then I quit, then I started again, then I quit, then I started again, and I sort of live in a perpetual state of self-loathing because I can't discipline myself, but... Yeah, I don't. Um, I don't remember a lot about my twenties. Mm. There's a lot of blacked out moments in my twenties. Yeah, a lot of regrettable things. Yeah, but I don't really regret that. You may you be a baby I mean. daddy, and we don't know. We are not sure. That's no, nah, I don't think so. We're not sure though. We don't know. Um, but anyway, so I was drinking a little bit, and uh, pretty sure I had. Jeez, uh, Dusty, and I had. <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me, honestly. Um. But anyways, I was just going to say I had a Caesar, and so Caesar is a Canadian drink. It's a Bloody Mary in a can. It's not in a can. That's just how they. That's how that. That's how it was offered initially. Yeah, but dude, that that Caesar. Yeah, I mean that they, they had Caesar in a can. It's like you guys Bloody Marys use tomato juice. Yeah, but we use something called clamato juice, which is tomato and clam juice. Yeah, so I had two of those. Yeah. on different days. Yeah, um, and it was delicious. Get that yeah, sea and then, salt up there. And then Hannah's dad, uh, very Canadian, and his brother, two of his brothers came over, also very Canadian, and that was really fun just to listen to those stories. They were sitting around drinking, telling stories. We had steak, yeah, uh, steak we, and potatoes. We ate really good. We ate really good. We had we had Indian food one night, steak and potatoes. We had homemade pizza. I mean, yeah. it was popping. Yep. Yep, and yeah, so my uncles came over, and my, Dusty got to see me in my element with other Canadians, and you know, there's a lot of A's being thrown around. A lot of A's. A lot of A's being thrown around, and, and nobody even noticed it or pointed it out, because we were all amongst other Canadians, and it felt natural. Yeah. And yeah, Hannah really opened up. Felt good. Yeah? What do you mean? Well, it felt good to see you opening up. What do you mean opening up? Well, you know. 
just, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? You're in your element. You're opening it up. Oh, with my people. Yeah. 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 And then it, yeah. And so, so it was, uh, it was a good time. Good time of family. Good time of friends. Good times of walking around. We walked in the forest a little bit. Yeah, I like Canada. I have a good time there. Yeah. Yeah. I actually also renewed my health card in Canada. So that was fun. Um, And my driver's license. So got some things in order. So that was our trip to Canada. And, and we, we drove, saw your friend. Oh, uh, yeah. We saw my friend Evan. He used to live in Brooklyn, New York, and he now lives uh, back at back in Peterborough. And he so, cussed a lot in front of his parents, which yeah. made me uncomfortable. Yeah. I like him, but he cussed a lot, dropping a lot of F-bombs in front of his mom and dad. Yeah. Who seemed like an older, elderly couple. Yeah. And I wasn't I wouldn't into it. But. Yeah. You know, he probably enjoys a massage from a man, too. I don't know. But you know what? He probably gets his girlfriend uh, presents on their birthday. I doubt it. Mm. All right. Okay. Now where we're going. Where we're going this weekend, uh, I'll be going to uh, Atlanta, Georgia. I'll be going to the Punchline in Atlanta, Georgia this weekend. I'll be there uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I don't know actually when this podcast will come out. This is Thursday morning as we're recording it, and uh, I'll be um, I'll be there. Uh, one show tonight, Thursday, or uh, two shows on Friday, and three shows on Saturday. It's going to be big time. And then I come home for a day, and then I fly to Raleigh, North Carolina, to the Improv, a brand new Improv Comedy Club in Raleigh, North Carolina. I'll be doing the New Year's uh, show there. So come check those out because that's going to be very fun, very fun. I'm excited to be back in Atlanta. I love going to Atlanta. Um, The Punchline, I've been there. Actually, I did the Punchline before it moved to the new location. Interesting. I did the Punchline before the new location in the old classic location. But the new location where it's at right now uh, is at the Landmark Diner, which is where Jerry Farber's side door used to be. And that's basically the first comedy club I ever did. Me, Evan Burke, and Vince Fabra did Jerry Farber's Side Door. Uh, actually, it was me and Evan first. And it was, uh, uh, you know, and the Punchline bought it and remodeled it. So it's different now. But So I got a lot of history and connection to this venue, and I'm excited to be there. I got a lot of friends and family in Atlanta. It's going to be a lot of fun. Looking forward to seeing everyone. And where are you going, Hannah? Um, I'm going for New Year's, well, I'm going to Jackson, Tennessee this weekend for some shows uh, at a club called South Street. South Street. In Jackson, Tennessee. Um, and then... Shout out to Harvey. Shout out to Harvey. And then on New Year's Eve, I'm going to Catfish Bend Casino in Burlington, Iowa. And I will be there with my friend Jimmy, Jimmy Pardo. All right, that's exciting. Last year, we were in um, Iowa over New Year's, and it was negative 20 degrees. Yeah, apparently this is in southern Iowa, so hopefully we don't get that weather. I hope not to. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, so that's where we'll be. Um, Atlanta this weekend for me, South Street this weekend for Hannah. New Year's, I'll be in Raleigh, North Carolina at the new Improv Comedy Club, and Hannah will be at the Catfish Casino. Burlington, in Burlington, Iowa, over New Year's. Yeah. Very fun. And but we want to just do a little food on the road segment. I said food on the road. Food on the road. And f- 
food on the road is killing my body. And uh, I've been feeling terrible. So I've gone, I've been doing a little juice cleanse, a little smoothie cleanse, and I've been really getting into that, just trying. I didn't eat at all on Christmas Day, and I didn't eat much yesterday. I haven't eaten much today, just fruits, vegetables, stuff like that. And I'm just trying to clear my body out because I was not feeling well. And over the holidays, I eat like a maniac, and I eat breads and meats. I love meat. Love meat and bread. I love sandwiches, hamburgers, burritos. I love that stuff. You and also like ice cream, cookies. Ice cream, cookies, cigars. Bring it on. <laughs> I love it. I love it all. The only and, thing you, you're able to control is your drinking, and I'm proud of you for and, it. Well, I'm not able to control my drinking. I just had to quit drinking. Right, right. I'm not really able to control anything. I think you need to have a, a hard quit on cereal, too. Well, I had to give up cereal, yeah, too. I, mean, I always thought that... You need to go that, to AA thought for that Cheerios. Maybe I was, uh, had a food allergy to cereal because my face kept breaking out, and I, and I wasn't sure. And then I went on a real cereal binge. And uh, then uh, my face broke out terrible. So I think it is cereal. So I have to give it up. I have to say goodbye to peanut butter panda puffs, and that makes me sad. Mm -hmm. But if you've never had peanut butter panda puffs, they don't sell them at Publix, but they do have them at Kroger or Trader Joe's. Get that Mm -hmm. and eat that because it's like a peanut butter Captain Crunch but healthier. Uh, Anyways, food on the road. Food on the road. Uh, we went to my favorite place in Toronto. Now, I don't know every place in Toronto, but this is my favorite sushi place, my favorite place in Toronto, Sushi on Bloor. Uh, so good. So good. Delicious sushi. When you get in there, they the moment you sit down, they bring you a green tea right away. And then and it's cold out. So it's and then you order and then the moment you order, they bring you a soup. I don't even know what the soup is. Some sort of miso soup. But it's delicious. And I eat the soup, and then the sushi comes, big, fat sushi rolls, not very expensive. All the people that work there are very Asian, and it is authentic and delicious. Yeah. And then after your meal, they give you complimentary sherbet. Yeah, sorbet, sherbet, orange ice cream. Orange ice cream. (laughs) Whatever. We'll just call it orange. Orange. They gave you some orange. But it's... All so delicious, and it's such a wonderful place. They don't waste any uh, time being pleasant or nice, uh, but they just get you the stuff right. Just like your wife. They're not rude, but they come in, they get it done. We have a place near us called Blossom. We like their food a lot, and we wish that they had any concept of speed or good service. Uh, because it's delicious. We thought we'd found another Asian place near us that we liked, but on our second trip, Hannah didn't eat her food, so we'll probably never go back. Wait, After, what? That Asian place that we went to near us, down the in, in Goodlitzville. Oh, yeah. That I, that I really liked, and I told the lady, this is our new favorite place, and then Hannah didn't eat her food, and we haven't been back. <laughs> <laughs> it's not good. It's not. I, I like it a lot, but, but I hear you. All right, so let's do a little year in review. Year in review. Maybe this is the place to play uh, On the Road. Nah, song. we'll play it twice. We'll play it twice, because that's a good song. I like it a lot. Shout out to Matt We're on the road again. Hen and Dusty are on the road again. Telling super funny jokes to all their friends. Hen and Dusty are on the road again. Yeah! All right, the year-end review. We just want to talk about some stuff. This is our last podcast for the year. We've had a lot of fun this year, and um, I just want to... We want to run through it. I mean, I did... Uh, I 
Got to be on Jimmy Kimmel in January of this year, my very first late night performance. Um, And I got that because I did the Bridgetown Comedy Festival in 2017 in Portland, Oregon. And because of that, I got to do an audition for um, uh, Just for Laughs repped uh, because I was going to get to do Just for Laughs unrepped potentially, but I was repped. So I did an audition for JFL Repped. I didn't get it. I didn't get the audition, but the booker for Jimmy Kimmel was there, and she offered me um, uh, she offered me a late night spot on Jimmy Kimmel, and I said yes to that. And I filmed in December of 2017. It aired the first week of January 2018. So I started my year off with uh, a late night uh, debut, and uh, it was great. And then Hannah. Um, yeah, this is really your year in reviews. I'm looking at the list. It is, but you got some stuff. I mean, I did go to Los Angeles for America's Got Talent, and I did audition for America's Got Talent, and I did get passed by all of the judges. So you did a couple of different auditions, and you got passed through those auditions, and then you ended up getting flown to Los Angeles, uh, where you appeared on America's Got Talent in front of the judges, in front of a live audience. Yeah, Howie, Scary Spice, Simon. And in that moment, all three of those judges said they passed you. They said, you are getting to the next round. Yeah, and I like blew kisses to the audience like a loser. No, it's fine. I did do that, though. I was, like, you, very corny. I don't know what happened. I think maybe they ended up kicking me off because I was, like, really corny. But I was also really funny in my talking to the judges before I did my act. I was on. I mean, I, I crushed it. But then they later cut the producers, well, so, cut me, and yeah. I was like, wow. So you left, and they said to you, yes, they passed you, but there's still a chance that they won't pass you. So... You yeah. got you got yeah. passed, and then you come home, and then like two weeks later, they send you an email that says, all right, we decided not to use you. Right, and I've also been thinking about it because I hadn't got my green card yet at that point, and they needed a work permit or something, and my work permit hadn't – like I had a work permit, but it just hadn't physically come in because immigration is so blocked up. So they kept asking me for it, and I would like go to my lawyer and say, when is this coming? And they said, okay, it's coming this, then this, and then it just wasn't coming. So I sometimes I wonder if that had something to do with it because maybe they thought I was lying about my uh, work permit. Very when, well could. When in fact I just, you know, it's just the system. Very well. So, I am legally here. Calm down, people. But it's just sometimes the physical paperwork takes a lot longer than the actual right. approval. So now let's not trash America's Got Talent because maybe they'll bring you back this year or next year. I don't think so, and I also don't want to do that. Again. Okay. All right. Well, and then I got to, and then I did, I got accepted again to the uh, Laughing Skull Festival in Atlanta. And Laughing Skull Festival is, uh, I've done, this will be my third time. I like, it's in Atlanta. I love Atlanta. So I did that festival and I met, you know, I I got reacquainted with the, you know, the uh, booker for Just for Laughs Comedy Festival in Montreal. Because I I, had met him. Um, It's pronounced Montreal. Right. Because I had met him. Or Montreal. Because I had met him in, um, uh, at the audition that I did, you know, about a year ago. So it was nice to see him again. And then I met uh, the booker for The Tonight Show. And it was a great, great festival. I had a really good 
time. And actually, right now, submissions are open for that festival. And I recommend doing it. I mean, it is a really fun festival, and a lot of industry is there. Some of these festivals, there are no industry. At Laughing Skull, there is definitely industry there. I recommend doing it. And then I got to do, shortly after that, I got to do the Just for Laughs Festival in Montreal, uh, I was very excited for him to go back to Canada without me, and I felt like I had warmed you up for my country. Yes, and I got to do that, and I had a real. I got to. I got. I got to do the j- new faces unrepped with a lot of really good people. Everybody on my lineup was very nice, very funny. I enjoyed hanging out with them, and I also enjoyed their comedy. And I was. I uh, felt really uh, hashtag blessed to be there, and. Uh, so it was fun. And then I got, you know, it, it ignited a fire with the booker for The Tonight Show. Like it ignited that fire, and he was like, all right, let's do it. Two weeks later, I'm on The Tonight Show. And so that was very fun, very fun. But also at JFL, I met people from ABC. I met the ABC uh, crew. So that's where I began to share my TV show ideas that I had with the help of my wife, who had sat down with me and prepared we had prepared several TV show ideas. So when I was, when I got to speak with ABC the first time, I was ready. I was like, boom, boom, boom. Here's a bunch of ideas, and uh, they liked uh, they liked the ideas. So now I got a TV show in the works about my mom and about growing up in a trailer park, and uh, that's still going well. And I'm very excited. Yeah. So <clears throat> conversely, I'll- I started my own podcast this year, and then also killed it after about six months yes that was called my mama's dead podcast and it was a failure it was i don't like to think it was a failure i'm going to be honest with it but i also think that sometimes people will say uh if you have a lot of failures on your resume then that makes you a failure but there's that old expression that people say that there's that well yes there's that old yes people say that all the time There's that old expression of it's not how many times you fall, but how many times you get up. That's a cheesy expression. I get it. But it's true because you could you could be a 100% uh, success rate and only have tried one thing. Uh, or you could have one failure and only tried one thing. But it's like sometimes you got to try a lot of things and fail a lot of times in order to learn. Well, I'll say this. Failure is learning. I will say this. I started my podcast, got all of the equipment, started podcasting, learned how to edit, put it out, start a feed, blah, 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 and then quickly realized no one wanted to listen to people sharing stories about dead people, and it was also making me a little bit depressed talking about dead people all the time, but... Because I started a podcast, it invigorated Dusty here to start a podcast, and I was interested in doing a more uplifting podcast, and thus we see the birth of We're Having a Good Time podcast. So we went from a podcast called My Mom is Dead to We're Having a Good Time. So yet again, your wife is behind the scenes, making things happen. I would argue that she is one of the main reasons We're Having a Good Time podcast even exists. Well, no one argues and that. And still, you did not get her a birthday present. No one argues that. I give Absolutely you, shocking. I, I'm actually giving you credit as we speak for several things. Well. And I'm actually trying to tell you that, that My Mom is Dead podcast uh, was not a failure because of many of those reasons. You ignited the fire. You, you, you got um, – you learned a lot. Did of, you even listen to my podcast? No. <laughs> Dusty. No, I don't, well, don't want to listen to – 
people's stories about their relatives dying. Yeah, but you're supposed to support your wife. Yeah, but I don't like sad stuff. I'm yeah, not into sad don't. things. That's why you don't care when I'm crying. All right. Okay. I, I don't like sad things. I mean, I'm not into it. I, that's why I, I don't like these serious, serious-ass TV shows and movies about just sadness. That's why— I watched—this is—I watched—I was in L.A., and I was with, at my friend's house, and she was really into the show This Is Us. And yeah. I had never seen it before. Jeez. But I watched five minutes of This Is Us, and I was crying. Yeah. I was crying within the first five yeah. minutes. Had no idea what was even going on this I can just see a picture of This Is Us and know that everybody in that show is already far too melodramatic for me. Yeah. It's like, I get it. There's serious stuff happening, and there's sad happening, but this serious-ass, uh, oh, take me so seriously, you better take me seriously stuff, drives me insane. Yeah. And the uh, that's why, even in superhero movies, I prefer Thor Ragnarok to Avengers Civil War any day. Civil War is so serious and so dramatic. I loved it. I enjoyed it. But Thor Ragnarok, funny. Jokes, 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 action, smashing, Hulk and Thor fighting each other. That's fun. Wow. That's fun, and I'm into it. Joke's on you because you married a serious woman. Yes. But, and then, let's see. So we started this podcast, the We're Having a Good Time podcast, which has been very successful, uh, uh, largely in part to the people that listen to it, and we appreciate you. We want you to know that we really appreciate you listening because when I check the numbers and see how many people are listening to our podcast each week, it makes me very excited and uh, I would not, I would not have continued to do it if um, people weren't listening because I, you know, I started a, a YouTube series called Dusty Slay's Top Five Country Songs uh, that I like to think was a failure, and uh, but I had a good time doing it, and I listened, I learned a lot of new country by doing it. Also, I got to do a show with Brad Paisley this year, which was very fun. I like Brad Paisley. I met Luke Bryan. I met Randy Travis. I met Vince Gill. Uh, and, uh, well, I forgot her name. I met, uh, I got to work with James Gregory. I got to work with Henry Cho, uh, people that I'd listened to for a long time as a kid. I've gotten to work with lots of great comedians this year. Very fun stuff. Um, you did the triple threat tour with your, with your friends. Yeah, that was really fun in the summer. I went on tour with a couple of friends who are from LA and we went and did some comedy and I stood, I, yeah, I, I really had a good time and I was real, I was a real boss lady. I've yeah. learned about myself this year that I, I don't know. I always thought I was nice, but I think I'm actually a bit of a B-I-T-C-H, honestly. I think I'm actually just kind of intimidating. And I'm no le- comment. I'm leaning into it now. Yeah, I'm just like, oh, I thought I was nice. I also always thought I was ambitious and hardworking, but I'm starting to think I'm actually lazy. It's weird. No rev- comment. A lot of revelations this year. Yeah. I always thought I was a sex uh, machine, and then I realized I'm just a sensual lover. <laughs> All right, so you did the the Triple Threat Tour, which was fun. I got to do the Scott Hamilton show. I'm at the figure skater Scott Hamilton. Um, I mean, I would like to run through a list of people that I've met and gotten to work with and gotten to know, but there's been so many, so many fun things, and uh, I just have had a really uh, great year, and I'm just excited by it. Uh, We've had a great year. This is my first year ever being married from the beginning to the end. Oh, wow. (laughs) 
Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but I didn't. I never thought to think about it like that. Yeah, so I've been married almost. Uh, you know, I've been married over a year, but I mean, this would, 2018 will be my first year uh, as a, a full married man. How's that going for you? It's all right. Wow! <laughs> wow! Wow! Well, you know what? Next year you should add a. You should add a lover. That's what I did this year, and it actually made it a lot easier <laughs> did it. having a, a side guy. So okay. I would recommend that. We're good. Yeah. All right, and uh, so let's talk about uh, this. Let's do our advice to comics section. You are what you are. I'm going to make him an offer again. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. All right, we're, we got, we got, you know, let's say we got, you know, uh, 10 to 20 minutes to talk about this. This will be our last segment. And the reason that I made this more of a discussion than uh, than just an advice thing is because Hannah uh, had said to me, say what you wanted the advice to comics to be, and then I, I'll say why I wanted to to change it because I have a different take, but I don't want to diminish your take. Well, okay, this is at 6 a.m. when I'm trying to figure out what we should talk about, and so I'm just waking up. And so I said, okay, the advice should be learn to say no to bad gigs. And then Dusty was like, no, say yes to everything terrible. All right. Well, this is, this is what I'm saying because I think that there is uh, something to say for saying no to bad gigs because there are a lot of terrible gigs and a lot of people will ask you to do things that just put wear and tear on your car and on your body. And it doesn't help you as a comedian a lot of times. But I think there's a fine line because I've done a lot, a lot, a lot of quote-unquote terrible gigs for the stage time, and I think ultimately that it's made me a much better comedian by saying yes to them. But there is a point, even especially now where I'm getting to, where you know I'm getting, uh, you know, luckily I'm getting so many gigs that I'm having to say no to things, and I'm having to ask for more money just for the fact I'm like. You know, I think it's all about putting a value on your comedy. If I'm sitting at home, I got to ask myself, what's the amount of money that's going to make me happy to leave the house and go do comedy? Because I know we're all artists and it should be about the art and not about the money. And it is about the art. But if someone's asking you to, to come out and do your art, uh, it's got to be worth your time. I mean, uh, a painter paints because he loves to paint, but that doesn't mean he gives his paintings away. Do you understand? Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? So it is right. I mean, a terrible gig, for instance, would be like, hey, will you paint this painting for us? We're not going to pay you for it, and we're not going to give you the proper painting supplies that you need. That's a waste of your time. But, you know, when you're not getting, a, if you're not getting a lot of stage time, if you're only in a city and you're just doing a few gigs here and there, it may be worth it to you to take a terrible gig just to go out and get the stage time. Does that make sense? Yeah. So uh, my, my point is, 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 is you got to know what you're willing to do. Now, if you're a comic, and, and this is why, why I say that, if you're a comic and you're really wanting to get on the road, you're, right, you're, you're just sitting in your city, you've, you're the best open micer in town, you've done all the local shows, and you're like, I really want to get on the road. This is what's going to happen, in, in my opinion. You think that you're really great, and you may be. But 
the booker that's booking you has never heard of you. You have no TV credits and they don't know that you're great. So they're going to give you a gig, potentially, uh, a feature weekend, four shows, two Friday, two Saturday, and they're going to want to pay you something like $270. And you're going to go, well, well, that's seven hours away. By the time I drive there, I do four shows and drive back, I barely made any money. That's not worth it. That's a terrible gig. But doing that terrible gig is going to get you prepared for better gigs. And sometimes those terrible gigs will turn out to be really fun. I've had a lot of fun on those terrible gigs. Okay. So the flip side of this is... Yes. Let's, I'll, I'll just tell you a little story about a girl that I know, a woman that I know. Some say she's a sensual lover. Um, so she ended up explaining to me that she had several breakdowns this year uh, when she realized that she had two or three weekends in a row ahead of her, very far long drives and very not fun gigs. And it actually overwhelmed her, the prospect of having to do all of that driving uh, across the Midwest or the South or wherever these drives were taking her. And, you know, what happens when you book gigs is you book one, you know, eight months out and then four months Away, you get another gig, and you're like, okay, I'm open there. I'll add that, and so you just add gigs, and then all of a sudden, you're 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 in the month of October, and you say to yourself, oh my gosh, I have to be in Iowa one weekend, then I have to be in South Carolina, then I have to be in Florida, then I have to be in Arkansas, and the actual thinking of these gigs is cat- catapults you into an extreme state of anxiety and despair. And you have nothing to do but cry all night because of the terror of driving that is ahead of you. And if you could only have just said no to maybe the shittiest of those gigs, so you gave yourself maybe like a weekend off so you don't have to drive. Because what ends up happening, this is what my friend told me, she's like, what ends up happening is you do a bunch of one-nighters in a row, you're so tired that when you're driving home through southern Illinois, you end up smashing into a deer and totaling your car. And you think that maybe that's a sign from God above that you shouldn't do this shit job. It's an interesting take. I'd love to talk to your friend about it. Yeah, well, <laughs> she's resting, honestly. Yeah. She's resting. Well, I think there is something to that. And that 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 uh, ties into what I'm saying, though, too, because it's like if you've reached a place where you have so many gigs that you're overwhelmed, you can afford to turn down the bad ones. Right now, if I'm being honest, I'm a bit overwhelmed uh, with the gigs that I have. But I'm, I, I've got, you know, I've, I'm suddenly launching into the next year um, as a headliner. I mean, I headlined a bunch in 2018, but I'm going into 2019 as a headliner. Right. Well, I think, you know, I think that you have to Stinky's know. Stinky's Joke Barn <laughs> is my favorite place in Bismarck, North Dakota. Well, I think you have to know yourself because I think what happened to the, to my friend is that actually her... Um, 
her partner, she was actually a lesbian. Um, her uh, partner was actually a really successful uh, comic as well. And uh, her partner, she had no problem driving around and doing these gigs for years and years. So she thought, well, if my partner is able to do it, then I can do it. But then you have to realize that not everybody has the same constitution. Not everyone is able to get a good amount of sleep every night. Like, you know, well, that's you true. Know, but the I, blessings of just some people just have, you know. But I bet her partner had terrible back pain, terrible heartburn, probably burped a lot. Probably and, a lot of adult acne. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Gray hair, adult yeah. acne. Yeah. It wears on you. Yeah, and actually, her partner, a lesbian, also didn't want to get massaged by a man as yes. well. And I'm gonna, so. t- I'm gonna tell you this though. I mean, I've been driving everywhere. I don't know if you know this, but I had a car that had 316 thousand miles that I traded away. That made me sad for a long time. I actually really like my new car now and don't miss the old car at all. Uh, but for a long time, I missed it. Wow, and- way to definitely change the subject. No, I'm not changing it. I'm getting into it. Okay. But just, I just, any chance you get to bring up that car. Yeah, I know. That was the point of making sarcasm. We get it. It was the point of making the jokes throughout. But, um, the, now that I've had an opportunity to fly some places, I don't have much of a tolerance for driving anymore. I mean, I'm about to drive to Atlanta, but that's only four hours away, but I'm flying to Raleigh because I'm like, I am so tired of driving. I mean, I have drove so much. I like driving. I like stopping at truck stops. I like looking at people. I like, you know, I like being able to... Just think about that. How many people can say, I like stopping at truck stops? Imagine that on a Tinder bio. Yeah. (laughs) I like stopping at truck stops. But I do. I enjoy it. I like the experience of being out on the road. I like being able to look at things. I like, and I I am going to do more of that. I mean, at some point in this year, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to plan a run of one-nighters just because I, I enjoy that once in a while because I like being out on the road. It's very fun to me. Yeah. But I can't do it all the time now. I'm, I'm wore out. and um, My friend's wore out, too. She's really depressed. Yeah. So, all right. So, let's get uh, – let's try to rein it in here. All right. The point – the point is, is, is if, if, if you're a budding comedian – I mean, and, and I'm going to tell you this because this was some advice that was given to me very early on. One of my first gigs, my first feature gig at a club, actually, my first weekend was at the Comedy Zone in Charlotte, North Carolina. I featured for Josh Blue. This was probably uh, mid-2014, my first feature weekend. Uh, it was an incredible weekend. I made decent money, and I had great shows. I loved it. And so the next gig that the Comedy Zone gave me uh, because at the time, the Comedy Zone was the only place that was booking me. So it was the only place that knew about me. It was the only place that was booking me. The next one was in um, somewhere else in North Carolina. I can't even remember the town right now, but it was further than Charlotte. It was less shows. It was less money. And I was going to turn it down. I was like, oh, no, that's not worth it for the money. And the advice that I was given uh, was to do the gig – because the Comedy Zone has a lot of gigs, and if you turn it down, they, they say they have a lot of gigs, and they have a, they are looking to fill slots. So if you turn it down, you run the risk of going to the bottom of their list. So just do it and get the experience. Everybody's doing the terrible road gigs at first. Everybody's doing it. You need the stage time. You need the experience. And you need to build up a reputation reputation with bookers. So do the gig. And then as you develop, 
you can learn to turn them down. Now I turn down gigs because the money's not worth it and I don't need the stage time. I have tons of – I have more stage time than I know what to do with. So – um uh, but it, but it, it's worth it in the beginning. Yeah, I mean, you've had a credible year. You know, your your trajectory is promising. And so I think, you know, ultimately you should listen to Dusty's advice and not, you know, some confused young female comedian. Not no. so young, but female comedian, you know, who but, but you you know, also, yeah, ran but, into a deer. No, but I think that you make a great point, too, because you also need to listen to your body. I mean, sometimes... You know, I mean, I know myself. I mean, I, I for a long time I would do anything, go anywhere, do any. I drove to Phoenix, Arizona, to do gigs, um, and I, I would do anything and drive anywhere because I wanted the stage time, I wanted the gigs, and I was afraid to turn anything down. I would say, you know, don't be afraid to turn something down if your body isn't feeling it. I mean, listen to your body, but don't also be a, a lazy jackass. I mean, if you want to do full time comedy. Remember, the people in this world that work in an office, they go in every Monday at 8 a.m., and they they end their week every Friday at 5 p.m. They get two days off a week. They work five days a week, 40 hours a week. Even if you drive to a gig every weekend, chances are you're still not logging in 40 hours a week, and you're maybe working four days. So just compare yourself to that. I mean, and, and people are like, oh, I need a weekend off. And it's like a weekend off, like you get two two weeks a year off if you work a regular job. I've had a lot of regular jobs. I worked 50 weeks a year, had two off, basically. And so just think about that. I mean, it's it, comedy is a real job. So you got to treat it like a real job. All right, Dusty. So I think that I mean I don't mean to get all serious, but I'm just saying that's my advice. I mean, I mean there's no need for you to drive eight hours to do a bar show with four other bar comedians for fifty bucks and no hotel. There's no reason for it. You're not going to make any money. Probably not going to be good stage time. You'd be better off uh, spending your three minutes at a karaoke bar uh, telling jokes instead of uh, instead of. Uh, uh, singing, uh, you know, Baby Got Back. You know what I mean? Mm. All right. So what you're, I guess in conclusion, advice to comics, if you can't get uh, some comedy stage time, get into karaoke. Yeah, and also uh, look to create your own opportunities. You know, I mean, if, if you live in a town and, and you're not getting booked, first look at yourself, check yourself, go, am I ever making anyone laugh? And and are the people that I'm making laugh, is it the comics or is it actual bar patrons? This is what I always like to gauge. I used to like to go to Bobby's Idol Hour in, in, in Nashville here. I think that bar's closing soon, but I used to like that open mic, and this is why I liked it, because there was a room full of comics, and then usually the bar was filled with old men, right? And those old men could give two shits about the comedy, honestly. And But if you made those old men laugh, then that was a good joke. If you made the comics laugh, still might be a good joke, but you're probably not going to make people laugh in a comedy club with that joke. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. So um, if you're never making those old men laugh and no one's booking you on a show, then you're probably the comics like you because comics have a weird, sick sense of humor. So if you're not getting booked, first check yourself. 
But then if you check yourself and you find out, well, I am actually funny, I'm doing pretty well, but you're still not getting booked, then you start your own show, start an open mic, start a show, and then try. Always try. Always try. There's a song if it, uh, Billy Joe Shaver has, if at first you don't succeed, try and try and try again. Just try. I feel like that's from Sesame Street, too. People go, it may be, but Billy Joe Shaver has a song, and it's incredible. And uh, it, it just, it just... People just don't try. They go to comedy. They write a joke. It gets a mediocre laugh, and then they go, that joke is great. I'm going to do that joke from now on. And it's like, great. If you want to keep doing that joke, great. Maybe rewrite it. Maybe add in some stuff. But write some other jokes. You know, always try. People act like, oh, I never get booked. I'm the black sheep. People hate me. And it's like, no one hates you. They and might, though. They might hate them. They might. But also check yourself there. What are you saying? Are you... Are, are you are you are you pissing people off? Are you walking people? If you walk people, if you tell the audience that they're stupid, if you yell, if you scream, and if people are leaving while you're on stage, we've covered this before. You're not getting booked. I'm just saying. So what I'm saying is leading somewhere, right? So if you if all of those things, if you're doing really well and you're not getting booked, so start creating your own opportunities. You creating a good show, more opportunities for comics will help you. It will help you do comedy, and it will help you uh, in the scene. So that's all I got to say. All right. I'm having a good time. You're having a good time. We're having a good time. I hope everyone has a happy new year. I'll be back next week without Hannah. If you're in Atlanta, come see me this weekend at the Punchline. And if you're in Jackson, Tennessee, go see Hannah. And if you have some spare time, Dusty, how about you get your wife a birthday present? Well, I got my wife a car. How about that? Uh, your wife got herself a car, let's be honest. Well, your, I, wife, your wife's packing as well. I went down and helped you negotiate that deal. All right. Get your wife some earrings, though. <laughs> nah. Well. You got plenty of things. I don't We all have plenty of things. If you want some earrings. Well, then uh, look at the thoughtful gifts I got you for your birthday this year. And look at this full year that you've been married to me, and look at this great year that you got. You didn't even get your wife anything. Well, it ain't right, Dusty, and you know it. Well, I don't think that it's true. And uh, Plus, I was in Canada. I had Canadian dollars. I didn't know what to do with them. Well, you could have got it beforehand, Dusty. I could have. It. But, I, you know, gifts, I, I just feel like this this whole forced gift thing that we live in this in this country that – Oh, on the February fourteenth, I have to buy a gift. At Christmas, I have to buy gifts. On on. Well, on, you also don't celebrate Valentine's on Day. On your so birthday, I've never gotten anything for Valentine's on Day. On your birthday, I don't really get anything your, from you. Ever. I'm not talking about you, but I'm talking about just in general. This idea of forced gift giving is a little too much for me. All right, I give you things all well, the time. Well, my boyfriend got me a gift. Well, good. So at least I'm taken care of. Have him pay your car insurance and have him pay your phone bill. You shut your mouth. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Okay. Well, thank you guys for tuning in. Um, Please check us out on social media. And if you've made it this long, please like, share, uh, and and give us a rating uh, because uh, we got all good ratings. So if you're not going to give us a five-star rating, don't bother. And uh, tell your friends. Mm. Or at least tell one of them. Yeah, this is the place where a five is a high score. Someone calls me a five, I'm insulted. But if you call our podcast a five, I thank you. Yeah, all right, all right. All right, here we go. I'm Dusty Slay. I'm Hannah Hogan. And we're having Having a a good good time. time. One's from the trailer park, one's from the farm. Rings on their fingers, no 
babies on their arms, taking life with a grain of salt and lime. Living, loving, laughing, we're having a good time. Nothing too deep won't tell you how to vote. Two stand-up comics with stories from the road. We're cutting up 